Hell Has an Exit podcast with host Teddy Tarantino. New episodes every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to subscribe. All right, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. Today I have Jessica on the podcast. Um, you asked me to speak for you at a meeting, and uh, you were like, oh, I'm such a big fan. I listen to every episode. So you've listened to every single episode? I mean, Almost. I maybe skipped like two because I was like, I'm just not into these uh-huh. two. But um, For the most part. Yeah, and then like when I started listening, I had a whole bunch to catch up on, and then now I'm like caught up. So like now mm. I forget wow, to like crazy. go back. You know, because I always wonder like, there's so many episodes. There's no way people have listened to them all. So do I have to keep doing them? Can I just yes. like re-release <laughs> no. old episodes? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you have like re-released maybe one. Um, like, yeah. Sometimes if I don't have one for the week, I'll re-release the old one. Yeah, and then you can do that, but please don't stop. I love mm-hmm. them. I love them. So cool. What's uh, some of your favorite ones? I was thinking you might ask me that. I mean, I really love girls, mm-hmm. women's stories. Um, I mean, there's this one that she had like crocodile skin. Or yeah, something. that's one of my favorites. <laughs> the crocodile, Crystal. Crocodile. Yeah, yeah, Crystal. She's one of my like childhood friends too. Really? She yeah. just seemed, I really liked her and like her, her story. Her story is so badass. Yeah, that one was really mm-hmm. cool. Um I don't know, like I, I don't know. I it's just there's so I like almost all of them. Yeah. I'm telling you, like there's something about everybody that you have on the show that I'm like, oh, I appreciate like that it. person. I can relate or mm-hmm. sounds cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, Crystal's is cool because like when I was in high school, I was on drugs and she dated one of my friends and she used to come and support to meetings, but I never thought she would get on drugs. Like she was so mm-hmm. normal, so sweet and nice. She was like a super hippie, and then she like went balls to the wall and like yeah. became so bad and now she's in recovery like a long time she has like a you know family and yeah she's a really good person and amazing story i want to meet her yeah she's <laughs> awesome yeah um how did you find out about the, about the podcast um i'm pretty sure it's my sponsor um because she always tells me if i don't have time to go to meetings put on a speaker tape, tape put on a yeah. speaker tape and i did i listened to a lot of speaker tapes and then she's she was the one who was like you have to listen to this podcast it's wow. really good that's cool and then i tried it and then i would tell it everyone mm-hmm. you know that's i do awesome. I, I do i'm like if you don't have time to go to meetings yeah. put on this podcast it's my producers always tell me like you gotta say like and subscribe so if you guys are yeah, listening <laughs> like and subscribe and share the video uh the podcast doesn't make any money right now hasn't no? made no it doesn't make money but people think it does sometimes you're like oh you're probably making so much money on the podcast so the podcast doesn't really make money hmm. but eventually hopefully we'll get like some big sponsors and um it does help a lot of people but if anyone wants to help out if you can share this with your family text it in a group like whatever so if anyone out there is watching that would definitely help out the podcast leave a review on apple on apple uh podcast you can leave a review and that helps boost like people watching it or whatever okay so okay so your sponsor told you about it yes that's cool yes yeah so like when i got clean i would listen to so many speaker tapes and it changed my life because i would go to this 10 o'clock meeting and the speakers would have like three to five years clean and then when i was listening to speakers i was listening to people with like 20 years 30 years and they're like gifted at speaking you know so it's like you know when they pick a speaker for a convention like people vote on it so like these people that are like renowned speakers they just have a way with words and i was just like blown away that it it put me in a whole nother level of recovery where i was just like okay this makes sense this is what i want to do i i know i feel you it's like also they've done it 
so many times. So yeah. they've like fine tuned it. Yeah, you they know speak what I mean? all the time. Yeah. You know, when you first spoke, like when I first mm-hmm. spoke, it was like awful. It was like all over the place mm-hmm. and like I, there was no recovery. It was like all you, story, yeah. you know, and then you were like, hey, that kind of sucked. Let me switch mm-hmm. it a little. Let me change it a little bit. You yeah, know, you get I mean? better at it through time. Yeah. Um, and you told me that you went to the same high school that I went to. I did. That's crazy. I know. So you're a Davy girl? I am. Wow. That's yeah. so wild. I know. Well, welcome back. Thank you. To Davey. Yeah. Where do you live now? Boca? Yeah. You like Boca? I, you know what? It's really nice and pretty and clean mm-hmm. and the people are lovely. Um, it kind of sucks when you are in the lower tier of mm-hmm. like money wise. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, my kids are 12 and 15 and to keep up with everyone and the fashion and the styles and wow. my daughter's going to turn 16 soon. She's wants a new car and it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard. And it's like, it's hard because, um, I kind of went through that with living here, mm-hmm. um, going to school to Western. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, where all the rich neighborhoods are. And then mm-hmm. I lived right next to Rexmere. I lived yeah. in the village in the Brown townhouses and, it was like, it, I just feel like I put my kids through the same thing, yeah. you know, but, um, but like, so for me, like I grew up in the nice neighborhood and like had all the nice stuff and I got bullied at school because people were like, Oh, you live in the rich neighborhood or fucking you're, so it's like, you said that. Yeah. And it's like, what? That never yeah. happened. Like, so wh- I, I just feel like if you're, if you're young, you're going to find something. Someone's going to bully you about <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. And it's like, um, you just have to be able to handle getting bullied, you know? So yeah. Some kids could handle it and some kids wouldn't. So it's like me growing up, I was able to handle it. Yeah. But um, it is what it is. You're, if, if, if you're short, you're going to get made fun of. If you're tall, you're going to get made fun of. It, you know, You know, it wasn't like, it was weird because it wasn't really, like the people were really nice. No one really. It was like self-imposed. Yes. It gotcha. wasn't like people were like, oh, look at her clothes mm-hmm. or her shoes. I mean, I had like the shittiest car, you mm-hmm. know, and everyone had like brand new cars, but like no one, no one said anything. Gotcha. It was just more Self-imposed, though. internal, like, God, I don't, I'm not as mm-hmm. good as them. You know what I mean? So what was growing up like? I mean, I'm, you know, we moved into the house my parents still live in when I was four. I'm the oldest of four kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all two years apart. Um, my sister's, my last sister's four years apart, but, um, we had like a really loving family. Um, my mom's like an angel, the best mom on the planet. Um, my dad worked his ass off, like, you mm-hmm. know, just to provide for four kids. Um, really good childhood. Um, I got like I begged my parents, and this is another thing. Like I begged my parents to, to put me in gymnastics, and and like you know it was expensive. Um, and they finally, when I was eight, they were like, okay, we're gonna put you in, but like that means there's not gonna be any money for like cool clothes and other Mm -hmm. stuff and i was like i don't care i want to do it um so i was i did gymnastics from eight to twelve um and then i broke my arm and i was like i'm done i can't do this and then i got into cheerleading and um i was like i loved it Mm -hmm. um and back then because you know i'm 44 so back then when i was in high school it was like it's not like nowadays nowadays all the cheerleaders are like insane they do like all of them, all of them tumble. Mm-hmm. Everyone can do a back tuck. Everyone does fulls. And when I was in school, I was like one of two or three girls that could tumble. So I was mm-hmm. like, it was like, I felt like a little bit like the star, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I got, I was really into cheerleading. I was like on an all-star team and school team. And, um, 
you know, just like a pretty good nightlife. Um, I say I'd say like I was always I've always been very shy, like since a little kid um, through um, beginning of college, probably. But um, like just extremely shy. Um, I learned early on, like if you know, like it's better just not to talk because if I talk and say something stupid, then everyone's gonna like make fun of me and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I was very quiet and um, shy. Um, but the cheerleading helped, you know. I mean, it's hard to be a cheerleader and like you know people recognize you. Know you have to like sell these stupid ribbons. <laughs> I don't know if they did that when you were there, yeah, but yeah. I had to sell this stuff and I had to ask people to like do this and that. Um, so I had a good, I had a good life growing up. You know, like I said, I was, I was, I would say consider myself an athlete i was like very involved in sports um well cheerleading i call Mm -hmm. it a sport cheerleading and gymnastics um and uh you know my 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 dad he worked a lot so he wasn't exactly around all the time but he was good dad he was so funny he was he was a good dad um my mom was there with us all the time Mm -hmm. um yeah so like just normal i'm like i'm the only addict you know i mean my my brothers and sisters are they they never had any issues with anything. My mom, dad, they don't they don't even drink. Mm-hmm. They don't smoke. You know, like nothing. So it was just me. Um, you know, I think being the oldest, um, my mom was like a little bit more um, strict with me with like the rules and stuff. So like when I went to college, it was like. <laughs> what i went to fsu mm-hmm. um i went there and i was like wait wait i don't i can do whatever i want <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, it's kind of interesting how like for four years you have like a curfew yeah. and like you you know whatever and then like right then you're off to do whatever you want yeah yeah, yeah like i mean i call my mom like once a week check in you know what i mean but like it was like the freedom like i <laughs> my mom was like very strict growing up like we didn't have soda we didn't have like any sugar cereals like we like she was like just you know try to be like healthy and stuff and i went to college i like bought like 12 packs of coke like i would have coke <laughs> for breakfast lunch and dinner wow. i'd have like you know all the sh- lucky lucky charms you know like every morning you know you know it's just like mm-hmm. went crazy on everything you know food candy and then drugs mm-hmm. you know um like i had tried like i had smoked weed and back then it was roofies mm-hmm. in um high school i'm like i had taken roofies and um like for proms and dances and stuff and um you know like i dabbled here and there but it was like mostly just weed i, I smoked a lot of weed um but when i went to college was when i got introduced to like everything mm-hmm. you know and um like i said like that freedom and you know coming from this place of like i'm still a very anxious person you know yeah. like i mean all the time mm-hmm. it's annoying but um coming from this place of being shy insecure anxious all the time you know and then like trying these drugs and it was like i felt like confident and i could go out on the dance floor and dance and like go up to a guy and like talk to him and um i loved it you know what I mean? I honestly, like, I loved it. And, um, you know, when I was in a freshman at FSU, it was like, I, I mean, what was popular then, really popular, was ecstasy. And there was this club. Um, what was it called? Fuck. Um, it opened at, like, midnight mm-hmm. and, like, closed at 6 a.m. And I can't remember the name, but um, we would go. It was, like, a rave, you know, mm-hmm. like, a rave. and yeah. we would go every Friday and Saturday night. And, like, that's what we would do. Um, and it was just, like, 
there, it just it brought me out of my shell and I and I was like this is amazing I love it but the thing is is even early on I could tell I was different because we would go to the club and then it would end at 6 a.m and I'd convince my friends to go to an after party I'm like come on we can't stop you mm-hmm. know we would go to the after party and then they were like okay like I like seven or seven thirty in the morning they're like all right dude we got like this is it's done and i'm like no we can't we gotta there's another after party there's an after after party mm-hmm. we gotta go to and like i would i would find like one or two other drug addicts to go with me to the after after party and it was just like i never wanted to stop and like and it wasn't even it wasn't even like i sometimes i wanted to stop but like you know the come down you know what i mean like i couldn't stop like the thought i was just like oh, i can't you know like i need you know i couldn't i needed more and um that's pretty much sums up my mm-hmm. addiction it was just like once i start you know it's hard for me to stop what happened after or what happened at like the end of college like oh yeah so like college it was like i got through like my freshman year is probably i did a lot of acid mushrooms ecstasy math like mm-hmm. any you know what i mean whatever whatever i try i try anything try anything once right um but like at the same time i got like straight a's my my freshman year mm-hmm. i got like an extra like a schol- extra scholarship for it um and i say that i was up so much that i just did my work yeah. i mean i also cheered um for fsu like so my freshman year i um i tried out for the the football cheerleading team but it was only co-ed and I've always been a little bit thicker, let's just say. It'll be nice, healthy. Um, So I didn't make the football team cheerleading squad my freshman year, and but I did try out for like the, um, it's like a competition team. So I was on the competition team my freshman year and my sophomore year. (laughs) And um, then my junior year, I I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just did a bunch of drugs. (laughs) And then my senior year, they brought back the all-girl team at FSU. So I had tried out for the all-girl team and I hadn't done anything for like a year. And I was literally like doing acid and mm-hmm. doing all this crazy shit. And I was like, let me just try out. Let me just try. So I tried out and um, I made it as an alternate. I was so excited. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. And and then this one girl broke her ankle like right before the first game. So I moved up and I was on the team. So I even like cheered for Florida State like my senior year. And like, so I got through college, you know, like... I guess I had enough discipline to, you know, like put it in check, right? Got through college, graduated like in accounting with a degree in accounting, a good GPA, you know, Um, and I was like, all right, you know, so most people in accounting, they go for another year and get their master's so they can go take their CPA in Mm -hmm. Florida. Um, But I... I don't know. I was like, I worked so hard my whole life. I'm just going to take a year off Mm -hmm. and chill. I'm going to work at a restaurant down in Riverfront. Mm. And and I don't know if you've worked in a restaurant, but it's probably not the best idea for an addict. For me, it wasn't a good idea. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of when everything really took off um, because I, you know, I didn't. I didn't have cheerleading anymore. I didn't have anything to anchor me. I didn't have, you know, I had my, my job was at a restaurant so I was like working nights and um you know I just got into getting I was doing coke with all the other people there and um and then I was like you know this is silly I'll just sell it because you know I'll make some money and do it for free but it didn't work out like that you know Mm. um I ended up just doing it all and 
um, and just kind of like went crazy. Um, at that time too is um, when Oxycontin was like really popular. Oxy. Um, so I, I like started doing them. Um, I was never like brave enough. Like I don't like lying. Like even when I'm using, I, I have like so much anxiety, right? Over a lie. So, um, I could never like go and get like a MRI and like mm-hmm. try and get my own, but like I bought them off like the streets and stuff. And, um, enough to where I got addicted to them too. To oxys? Yeah. Wow. I mean, what year was this? Um, so I graduated FSU in 2001 and okay. I moved back. And so like from the real early days of pink painkillers. Yeah. Yeah. So 2001, 2000, 2003 is kind of when it was the worst that, that I had ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I was just like, whatever you got, I want it. I'll take it, whatever, anything. Um, and I was just like kind of a, a mix, mixing person. Like I, I was like a little bit of that, a little bit of that. I need that to bring me down. I need that to bring me up. And you know, I was like my own little doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would never turn down anything. Yeah. Give it to me. Um, but, um, yeah, so I got into, I got into that and, you know, I'm like, I'm really good at finding like the bad people, (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I just, I just sniff them out and I just friend them and, and we just do crazy shit, you know? Um, yeah. So, um, finally I, I also, this is a crazy part. No, I've never heard anyone say this kind of part of their story, but so I met this girl and she was like, we, she was a, also doing like oxys and she was like, oh, I, I have this doctor and it's like, there's this medicine that like will break, help you withdraw. And I was like, all right, I'll go. So at the time it was like before Suboxone and it was, Subutex? Or, no, it was um, Buprenex. Buprenex. Yeah. And you had to like, it was a little vial and you had to like pick off the top mm-hmm. and you had to like put in a needle and shoot it in your muscle. Cause I never shot mm-hmm. anything. I tried, my friend tried one time and like my hand blew up and I was like, get it out, get it out. I don't want to <laughs> do this. This is awful. No. But I had to shoot it in um, my muscle, and um, and I did that. And then I hate needles, I mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But I did it, and I was addicted. To <laughs> like you, it's like if you think about Subutex or whatever, or Suboxone, or um, it's like you know, after a certain amount, it doesn't work anymore, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like stupid. And I would like just do more, just to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sixteen shots a day, like and like wow. What? There's no point. Doesn't even do it. Yeah. No, but it was just there's something in me that the ritual just, yeah. yes the ritual and i don't know it's just weird I just, so anyways it got really bad um you know just you know my life was crazy i was just living with one boyfriend to the next boyfriend like i, I just i remember this um i like had dated them somebody like I, I don't know if i stole somebody away from a girl i don't know what i did i pissed some girl off because mm-hmm. of of her ex-boyfriend I got, I got with her ex-boyfriend or her current boyfriend and then became you know whatever i broke someone i don't know what i did something bad i don't remember all the shit i did you know what i mean but um yeah she wrote like bitch and like whore on my car like uh. she keyed it and i was like well i could get a fix or i could like buy drugs and i was mm-hmm. like I, i'd rather so you drove around like that i drove around like that wow finally after like a couple of months my parents were like just we're gonna fix your car this mm-hmm. is embarrassing and i was like all right whatever i don't care mm-hmm. you know like i didn't care you know um yeah it was just i you know it just got to the point where um i just kept going down 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 um losing jobs couldn't keep jobs and um yeah i was like addicted to buprenex and xanax everything um and then, you know, finally my mom and dad, like, they caught me. Well, I, I started smoking mm-hmm. crack. And um, that brought me down, like, real fast, real quick. And, um, 
And they found, my dad found that in my car and he was like, Jess, what are you doing? And, um, and I was, they were like, please, you have to go get treatment. And I, I've been a, a few times, like four, three or four, I think four, technically four. Mm-hmm. And I've never wanted to go. Every time I'm like fighting it, please, I don't need it. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Just I'll, I'll chill. I'll chill out a little bit. But um, every time I go, I actually do well and I get better, at least mm-hmm. for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they convinced me to go to treatment. And um, like when I do stuff, it's like I'm kind of like extreme, right? Like. I like jumped all in and I was like, all right, let me, let me do, if I'm going to do this, I'm gonna do it. And, um, and, uh, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And I mean, like, I, I mean, it was at the point where, you know, I, I couldn't even like my, my boyfriend would be like, oh, let's go down, downtown. And I'd be like, I can't go anywhere without Coke. Like I'm too tired. Like mm-hmm. I just, you know what I mean? I couldn't do anything, without you know? Substance. Yeah. So like the first day, like, you know, when you, after you detox and you wake up and you're like, you don't need anything just to get out of bed and like be a person. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is actually like pretty freeing. You know what I mean? And I started having like little fantasy dreams in my head of like, I mean, like me, like shooting a basket on a team. Like I never mm-hmm. played basketball in my life, but just like these stupid little fantasies of like me doing like cool things and like feeling proud of myself or like getting people to be like, oh, she's cool. <laughs> and um, and it was like little like glimpses of hope, and and I went with it. Um, I moved into Awakenings in Boca, and um, at that time it was like it was really cool back then. It was probably like around two thousand three or four, and there was a lot a lot of people in uh, Boca like in you know in that area mm-hmm. and the meetings were full you know what I mean and and I and I jumped right in and I got in and um you know I had relapse a few times um you know I'd have some time and then relapse and then get you know go to detox come back to halfway and do it again do it again um the longest I got back then when I was like 23 or 24 it was um 11 months um and then um I actually met my my now my husband. I met him like just before I relapsed, and um, it was funny because he was like, "I can't." Well, I met him, and then I dog sat for these people, and they had like doggy Vicodin, mm-hmm. and I ended up like taking all of them. Well, I left him Aww. one. I know I left him one in case like he really he needed, needed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he had like Xanax too. Mm-hmm. I took the. I was just it was awful, and um. And I just relapsed. And then, like, the next day, I, like, my current husband, he had called me to, like, hang out. And I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, I can't date you, though, because you're going to relapse. I'm like, no, I won't. I won't relapse. And I just relapsed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, then I, I had a lie. You know what I mean? I couldn't I couldn't tell him. So, um, yeah. So I uh, I went on. I lied about it for a while. And, and um, I said, I just need yoga. I'll just do yoga. I don't. I always told him because I felt like so guilty going to meetings. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do yoga. And uh, I don't need the meetings. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm cool. And uh, I'm probably not even an addict. That's what and um, yeah, so uh, I stopped going to meetings. And then slowly I started like started with like weed, like just a little bit here, here and there before yoga. And then, you know, it just evolved into you know what it falls into. It took a long time this last time because I was really trying mm-hmm. to like, control it and like not let it get out of control like it had in the past. But eventually it got out of control. Um, yeah, like basically when it really started getting out of, tro- out of control, I woke up one morning and... Um, were you guys still together? Yeah. Yeah. So we were together. Uh, he never knew. No, mm-hmm. no one knew. I didn't tell anyone for years. No one, no one knew. Mm-hmm. I'm... 
I'm pretty good. Like I can be sneaky. You know what I mean? Like I can keep I can keep things under wraps if I want to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I was pretty good at that. Um, and um and like one day I woke up and I had this like, you know, I had. Well, you know what happened is I had taken a Xanax the night before and I must have slept on my neck weird. And I woke up and I was like the whole day I was like God my my neck is hurting me. What's going on? And then like, you know, just, I was like massaging it and stuff and putting like Bengay on or something. And, um, it just wasn't getting better. It was getting worse and worse and worse. And like, to the point where I was like, there's some, what is, it was like a week or two weeks. So I went to the doctor and they did an x-ray and they were like, Oh shit, you're going to need an MRI. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I go get an MRI and, um, they're like, uh, you have the neck of a 60 year old woman. And I was 28 years old. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, at first I was like shocked and I was like, oh my God, you know? And like sad or like, you know, like, and then like my second thought was like, I have a bad MRI. Mm -hmm. Like glory to the God I have a bad MRI. I don't even have to like fake it. You know When I was using someone would have like some type of major injury. I'm like, oh, you're so lucky. (laughs) I know. I was like, really? It's like the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And I was so excited for, you know, for the chance to go to a pain clinic Mm because at that time it was like regulated right you couldn't just go and like even if you know i mean you had to have a legit issue and they Mm -hmm. still didn't give them out it was still um but yeah so i started going to a pain clinic nobody knew um i kept it all under wraps because i knew you know like people wouldn't approve um and um yeah, and I started going to a pain clinic, and you know, of course, in the beginning, it was like I try to, you know, just take it when I needed, and then it ended up taking. I'm very like ritual of a person. Like, once I feel like something works for me, it's like I have to do that forever and ever again. You know what I mean? And so, like, it started just like, okay, well, I need it in the morning. I need, and then so I ended up taking like three days as prescribed. You know, for for a few years, I like followed the scripts rules and stuff like that. But like the whole time, it was like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm already an anxious person, but like the anxiety of like keeping the secret, like what if someone sees me walking into the building? Mm -hmm. What if I had to give them a fake address? Because if they mailed something to my house, my husband, I mean, what if they call me? You guys were married at this point? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I had kids. I had kids. Well, let's see. Yeah, I had kids. Mm -hmm. I had maybe not when I started, but like actually I had my daughter. I had my daughter already, Caitlin. Um, I had her and then it was like. A year or two later, it's like when I started, you know what I mean? And it was like a slow, it was slow. But like towards the end, I had two kids and I was like keeping the secret. And like my son would be playing with my phone and I'd be like nervous that they would call for my appointment. I was just so fucking stressful, you know what I mean? Every time I would come, they'd verify my address and I'd have to remember what address I gave them. <laughs> like so stupid. Um, and it obviously it got to the point where it was like, um, you know, it wasn't enough and I needed to go out to the streets and um, I met a, a girl and she, cause I didn't have access. And when I was older at this time, you know, I was like, you know, I got clean at this time 38. So I was like 30, 34, 35. And like, I don't know anyone mm-hmm. anymore. Like I'm a mom. Like I don't. So I, I've, of course I found someone and she got me access to stuff and um, it just took off. I mean, it, I went back, I, did, I started doing all the things, you know, it was like, it was like, I needed, you know, it was like I needed something to bring me up and then and then I need something strong to bring me down. It was just all the things, you know, and mm-hmm. I got to the point where towards the end, um, I was sitting by myself outside 
my kids were, I would put my kids to bed. My husband would go to bed. I would go sit outside my front door and smoke cigarettes and like play solitaire, like mm-hmm. by myself for like hours and hours, like, like sit in my, my son's room. Cause you know, like I sit, I just sit by myself. Like, I don't know, doing stupid shit, but like no one wanted to be around me. Cause I was like, whack job. You know what I mean? But, um, I mean, like only when I went out, like when I would do Coke or anything, you know, crazy like that. But um, yeah, and I just got like really, really sad and, and depressing. And um, but I was OK with it. I was like, well, you know, if they find out, I guess um, they'll probably take my kids from me and um, I'll just get like court ordered supervised visits mm-hmm. and that'll be my life. You know, I'll, um, I'll figure it out, whatever I got to do. Like I need these things. I need these pain pills. That's for sure. I can't survive without these. So I'm not I'm not going, you know, I can't quit. So, yeah, um, finally, they kind of they finally caught on to what everyone, my mom, my dad, my husband, everybody kind of like finally figured it out. And they like confronted me and I went to treatment. And this was right before I got clean this mm-hmm. time. And um, yeah, I, I, I fought it like tooth and nail because I was like, I need my pain pills. Like I have legitimate issues. Like I have pain, real pain. And I did. I did have pain. I'm not. You know what I mean? I wasn't like 100 percent lying. Um, but they're like, Jess, just just give it a shot. Just try it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let you be in pain. And if you are, then we'll figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? We'll just give it a shot. And um, so I did. And again, I was like, the doctors and the detox were like, were, I'm like, I don't know what you're going to do because I'm in pain. And they're like, all right, listen to us. We're going to try something. We're the doctors, you know. We're going to give you mo- a- ibuprofen 800, Flexerol, which mm-hmm. is a muscle relaxer, and gabapentin for nerve pain, which is what I had. And I was like, all right, I'll try it, but I don't think it's going to work. And like, it worked. Mm. And like, I actually felt less pain than when I was taking the, the painkillers all yeah. the time. You know what I mean? And that right there was like, oh my, it was like eye opening. I was like, shit, like, I don't know everything. You mm. know, like, I always think, um, you know, I know better than doctors or whatever, anybody, you know what I mean? And it's like, shit, like, I was wrong. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, ever since then, like my first nine months in this time around, I did it differently. Like the other times I was in recovery, like, you know, came out of treatment and tried the rooms and stuff. I would like pick what I wanted to do. Like, you know, I'm shy. So getting a sponsor was always like difficult and I didn't like it and I would get one, but I wouldn't call. And, you know what I mean? And I didn't do the steps and I didn't do, I, I picked what I wanted to do. Right. This time I was like, you know what, since maybe I should give it like a shot, hundred percent, like they're telling me. And I did, I got a sponsor. Um, I went to 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, I got a home group. I, I did service. I was the GSR <laughs> coming mm. in, uh, for, um, Gold Coast area, which was crazy. Um, for like a long time for that mm-hmm. meeting. Um, yeah, I did all the things and, um, you know, at, at nine months, I, you know, I was still taking that concoction of, ibuprofen mm-hmm. and because like i said i'm like i'm the type of person i'm like it's hard for me to give things up once i know they work it's like mm-hmm. no 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 i need these though um but i finally like my doctor is like you can't just keep taking this much ibuprofen you're gonna ruin your stomach and your liver and stuff and um so i went and saw like a really good surgeon in miami university of miami and um he you know he recommended um this surgery that I just, I had to get, I was nine months clean. And, um, that was hard. That was hard. It was, um, it's a 10 level fusion. You have like 26 vertebrae in your spine. Right. 
Um, my spine was um, just like a lot of issues with it. Um, from birth, I had what's called congenital stenosis, which mm. just is like um, a very crowded spinal canal where your spinal cord sits. So there wasn't a lot of room for my spinal cord just from birth, um, the way you know my bones were. Um, and uh, with all of the gymnastics and cheerleading, and I fell on my head a lot, you know. Um, and the way I was probably using didn't help. Um, there was a lot of like bone changes, arthritis, bone growths and stuff that were, um, you know, encroaching on my spinal cord and all the nerves exiting on the sides of the uh, spine. And um, so, yeah, he recommended this surgery. Uh, it's called, it's a uh, instrumented fusion and a laminoplasty is like the official term. But basically they took two rods and 20 screws and they screwed the rods wow. onto my spine. Mm -hmm. And you're clean at this point? Yeah. How long? Nine months. Mm -hmm. Nine months. And crazy. Um, it was insane. I was, it was a like a 10 or 11 hour surgery. Wow. Yeah. So they cut like the, in my back, I have a scar like that big. Um, they, they went from C2, which is your second level in mm -hmm. your spine to T5 which shows like your wow. cervical, thoracic, and lumbar, right? So I have like all my cervical fused and half of my thoracic. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I have two two titanium rods, 20 screws in there. And they also, the laminoplasty part was like, they had to cut like my spine and open it up like a door and make it wider. So they had like, that mm -hmm. was that part. of it. So it was, it was a major surgery. I was um, I was in the hospital for 10 days after the surgery, so for like to pain for pain control mm -hmm. you know what i mean um i i there's no way i could i had to take the mm -hmm. pain medication there's it was awful um but um i did it it was successful um i i, I got sent home with pain meds um my husband kept them and gave them to me like you know when i you know every four hours or whatever it was and um i did that till i felt like i was okay and i need them and and I haven't needed them since, you know, after I got off them, um, you know, I'm not in pain anymore with my neck. Um, it was hard though, because, um, overnight I, I can't, I'm, it's recommended that I don't run, um, jump on trampolines, mm -hmm. go on roller, roller coasters, like my wow. favorite thing in the whole world. Okay, great. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I didn't like exactly think of all this stuff beforehand because, you know, when you're in pain, you're like, I'll do anything. Yeah. I'll, I'll fuck. I was like, I'll be fat. I don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll um, I'll like you know, whatever it takes. I just want to be out of pain. I don't care. And then, um, and then you do it, and then you're like, well, mm -hmm. and now I can't turn my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like so, yeah, it was hard because I would like. Uh, first of all, I hated running, and uh, I like working out, but I don't like running. I'm not good at running. I hate it. I'm awful at it. But like now that I can't do it, it's like I see people running, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to run. <laughs> that looks so fun. I, I wish I could run, you know. Um, and it was like a little. It was like a year where I had like it was like sad, you know. You had to like I had to like mourn my old life. Like I used to, I do yoga a lot, and um. I used to press up the handstands. Um, it was like, I was like my thing. I was really good at it. And um, I can't do that anymore. You know, like all these things you can't do anymore. And I had to like kind of mourn them. Like I would like mourn my youth almost. I came like an old lady overnight. Mm -hmm. um, and then like there was also this part where I was like, God, I look weird now. I look weird when I turn my head or like, you know what I mean? Like, but 
what are you going to do? You know what I mean? It's like you can uh, be upset about it or you can just be like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, I found like different interests. Um, I ride like I ride my bike a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I still I went back to yoga. It took a few years before it didn't hurt to do yoga, but I'm I'm doing yoga again. Pilates was really good. I like Pilates. Um, uh, I found like new things that I like older lady things that I can do. Walking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, yeah. So that was that. That was a surgery. Um, I'm not in pain anymore. Um, it's been I've been no so, pain. No, I mean. So there's like, I would say relatively pain-free because mm-hmm. I don't have any pain right now. Zero. I feel great mm-hmm. right now. But there are days like if I go to bed too late or um, I don't sleep with my pillow in my bed, you know what I mean? Like it's like I don't feel great the next day. I really don't. Or like um, sometimes like I might get like a little bit of a headache, you know, um, or it just might just be like sore. Um, but for the most part, I would say I'm pain-free. You know, it definitely, um, it worked, you know, so. So how long ago was that? My surgery? Mm-hmm. So that was like five, that was in February. Uh, so coming up on six years soon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Almost six years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. What other challenges have you had, like getting clean and like your first couple years? Um, so that was my big one. Um, well. <laughs> So I, I work, I'm a tax accountant. So Mm -hmm. for like a corporation, right. And, and I've been there 15 years. Um, so I was using working there, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was, I was actually like, I was taking a bunch of Adderall Mm -hmm. and like, like I was like kind of a rock star a little bit because I was like getting all this fucking work done, but I was like out of my mind, you know, like if anyone really talked to me, they'd be Mm -hmm. like, she's weird. (laughs) Um, so anyways, I went to dream and I come back out and I go back to this job and I'm like. I can't do this. <laughs> this is too hard. I There's no way. I can't fucking do this. You know what I mean? Especially without like something to, you know, boost me or whatever. And, um, it, you know, I just wanted to work in treatment. You know what I mean? Like, I was just oh. like, I want something easy. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily I had um, a different sponsor than the one I have now. But she was like, she talked me down. She was like, girl, you're okay. Just go. Just go to work and just show up. Just do the best you can. It's just a job. If you if you suck at it, you can't do it, then they fire you. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. You know what I mean? But like I build all of this anxiety about shit, you know. So that that was really hard. Turns out, um, she was right. And um I'm doing my job pretty well right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Um the other struggles, it's just uh, you know, like I said, I have the two kids and um it's just a lot. It's it's a lot to do all the things that you're supposed to do, right? Like meetings and service. And my kids are both in two different sports. So I have to take them all over and work full time and do good at my job and Christmas presents and, you know, eat healthy. Like, you know, I mean, it's just all of the things that, you know, it's just expected of a mom. And then, you know, on top of that, it's like, oh, yeah, but like your recovery is first. You know what I mean? Like put that first, you know, and work on steps and this and that. Um, so yeah, that's been hard. Um, I'd say, um, in, in my life, other than that, I feel like it's been pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like the greatest thing is like, I'm, I'm okay. 
Because I remember before I got clean and I, I remember I called my mom and I was like, mom, this is too hard. I can't do this life. Like, I don't know how everyone else is doing this. Like, I just can't do this. Um, And it's not like any of the struggles changed from when I was using to when I was clean. But like now I can I like know the tools to like talk myself down. Like, Jess, you're you know, you're OK. This is just a feeling it's going to pass. You know what I mean? You're going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to feel different. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, life's hard. And I mean, I'm not just saying just for moms or, or anything like everyone has stuff, you know. So what has sponsorship been like for you? Oh, I love my sponsor. Um, <laughs> she's so funny. Um, so, yeah, I got her, you know, it's funny because when I came back after mm-hmm. like I had been in the rooms and stuff and I'd been out for so long. And then I was like a 38 year old woman. Went and got clean, came back to the rooms. I didn't know anyone anymore. Like, I knew a few people mm-hmm. here and there. And thank God I called them. And they said, come to this meeting. It's a good mm-hmm. meeting. But I was so scared walking back into those rooms. You know what I mean? Um, I just felt so scared. So I walked in. I picked up my white. And she, and she like, stood up. And she started, was like, whoa! You know, That's like, cool. cheering on, like, so loud. And I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. she's so sweet. And she said, come here, come here. You know, sit next to me. Uh, come come you know and like introduce me to all her friends and stuff and i was like you know me being shy you know like i gravitate towards people that are like outgoing like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and she was just i just love that about her i was like i want to be more like that you know what i mean and um it's been a really amazing journey i it's funny because you know even though we're she's kind of like loud and confident and and i'm shy and like qu- like i'm not really quiet but like if i don't know you i'm quiet but like we are so much alike and we like go through so many of the same struggles that it's like, oh, it's so crazy. Like that, you know, God put us together for a reason because mm-hmm. everything I have talked to her about that I've been going through in my life, she has kind of gone through and it's weird almost like, um, but thank God because, you know, um, you know, she's she's definitely a blessing. We go to convention. We're going to a convention uh, January 5th in awesome. North Carolina. Awesome. Yeah, we go to conventions. We tr- we are really good travel buddies together. Um, and we go to, we try to go to a meeting once a week. She lives in like 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So it's like not easy to go to a meeting all the time with her. But we try to like make it, uh, you know, routine where we meet, see each other at least like mm-hmm. once a week or once every two weeks if our schedules get crazy. But she's you know she's been clean she's gonna kill me um i want to say 30 years 30 wow she just picked up 30 Mm -hmm. years uh and she got clean young Mm -hmm. and um and she's she's puerto rican from Mm -hmm. she's gonna kill me i think it's the bronx okay i think Mm -hmm. or queens bronx um and she's just she's funny and i love her and i mean she has um I love her other sponsor, my sponsor sisters. And um, we, you know, we're doing this uh, book study thing now. And uh, yeah, it's been really, it's, I, because I, I never had that before. Mm-hmm. So um, I love my sponsor. It's been really good. What do you think the difference is of like people who stay clean and people who relapse? <sighs> like, just like your observation. Yeah, I because I, a lot of people always ask me like, "What was different this time?" or like, yeah. w- w- "Like, why did you end up staying clean?" You know. You know, I mean, I think for me, I was, 
I was ready. You know what I mean? Like, well, I wasn't ready like before I got clean. But once I got clean, I was like, all right, girl, you're fucking 38 years old. You have two kids. Like, you've done all the drugs. You're not missing out on anything. Like, you, you don't need, you, you know, just, you can't do it. You know, just like, for me, it was just like a realization that like, I finally got it. Like, I can't pick up one, not one. You know mm. what I mean? And, and then I made a vow. Like, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to... Don't pick up no matter what. Right? That's what they say. Don't pick up no matter what. Just don't. Um, but, you know, like I said, this time around, I did all the things they suggested. And mm -hmm. honestly, I think that has a big part of it. Like, I did every suggestion. I did the 90-90, got a sponsor, um, joined a home group. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, that's something I didn't do ever in my life. And... I think that had a big impact on my recovery because I was needed there and um, I was a GSR. So I had to go to these meetings and come back and like buy supplies and, mm -hmm. and tell them what's going on in the area. And it was like, you know, it was, it was, it was, I was needed. And it was like, for me being like super shy, it was like, it gave me a reason to be there and to be a part of mm -hmm. and not feel like I'm just standing there like a dork. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm here. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, so, it makes you feel like you're a part of something as opposed to like just like watching it, you know? Yes. Or like, uh, like, do they really want me here mm -hmm. kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like, I, it's probably my deepest, darkest fear is like, mm -hmm. do they really even want me here? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> am I annoying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that like really and like, you, you know, you make you make more better, stronger connections because mm -hmm. you have to work with these people and you work with different personalities. And you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I really think getting involved and it really, really helped me this time around. Um, 90, 90, mm -hmm. I, I can't say enough about that. Um, I also did like, for me, I did therapy, you know, yeah. I needed it. <laughs> I needed it because like my brain, you know, my brain will just go crazy in mm -hmm. my head and I need, I needed to learn how to talk it down. Yeah. yeah. I went to therapy when I had like 10 years clean and I had no idea, like I had done step work and you know taking other people through the steps and self-help books and i've done like retreats and you know out like other programs and so much that i didn't really think i needed therapy but when i went to therapy when i had 10 years clean it was like wow i cannot believe people don't do this it was like so it was crazy it was like having a room that you've never knew you had that was just so dirty and like it got clean and just mm. it's that feeling of like like when my cleaning lady comes it just feels clean like that's how yeah. it feels when i go to therapy like yeah. I get a lot off my chest and I get like my I get like everything in my mind organized, like, you know, resentments, you know, the, the, the insecurities, the fear, like it all, you know, gets organized. And when I leave, I feel like, wow, like I can see a lot clearer now. Yeah, that's it. I can see clearer now, you know, and, and I have some tools in my mm -hmm. pocket for when things aren't clear. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, OK, I mean, because there were times where I literally had to just do this mantra like. You're okay, Jess. Everything's okay. You're gonna be all right. You're okay. Like over and over, because yeah, I would freak out. Positive self talk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the other day, I was like freaking out because I was like, "Oh my god, I don't have enough. I don't have any really anything saved in my retirement. Mm -hmm. um, what am I gonna do? What am I?" And like, and I'm like, "Jess, calm down. You're like, you're far away from that." But like, I couldn't let it go. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I had to like literally like talk myself down. Like. Of course, it's fine. I'll, I'll probably mm -hmm. die early, so it's cool. But, I hope um, not. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how um, we create our own anxiety with our thoughts, and if mm. we can like change our thoughts, we can change like lower the anxiety. But like, man, it's like uh, 
there's so much that goes on in recovery that you kind of don't expect or like think is going to happen. And I'm just like so grateful that I have done the work to prepare me to go through certain situations, you know? Yeah. What, um, what do you got planned for 2024? Well, so my daughter is going to start driving, which is like, thank God, because (laughs) I won't have to like cart her around everywhere, but also it's going to be scary. But at the same time, thank God. Right. I heard there's like so many kids these days that don't want to get their driver's license because of Uber. It's crazy. Yeah. I will. Yeah. She wants to drive though. She does. She got her permit like the day she turned fifteen. Like mm-hmm. she made me make her appointment. She like did all the classes. I like, was like that. Yeah. She's she's amazing. She's like super independent. Mm-hmm. Like this girl, nothing like nothing like I was. But um, yeah. So she's gonna be driving. So which is great. She can drive herself to all her sports and stuff like that. Um, so I might have like a little more time mm-hmm. for myself and really like okay. So ever since I got clean, um, I've had this like dream or a vision of what i want to do because honestly tax accounting it's not really doing it for me it's not it's a little boring right i mean it 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 pays the bills right but and i can't give it up but my true passion is always been like moving like fitness moving my body you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and i've been doing yoga for like 15 years and um I've so my vision was I wanted to become a yoga teacher and I'd I'd have to do it on the side but um I would love to teach yoga to in like um recovery mm-hmm. um like, like rehabs rehabs yeah. rehabs I'd love to go to like senior centers mm-hmm. and like but specifically rehabs because I want to show people I feel like I could show people that there's a way to get that good feeling without drugs mm-hmm. like I could I could guide you through yeah. some good music and some good posturing. I used to do yoga um, probably like when I had like four or three years clean a lot. And it was like, like it was crazy because it's like, um, I just like never thought I would be like someone who does yoga. Like it's just like to me it was so foreign and it's like, you know, there's just like certain things that happen like in a hot yoga class that is just like maybe for like a man is just like so bizarre. And then it's just like, freeing and like sometimes it could be emotional and like i don't know it's just i need to get back into it like when i used to do it a lot like i forgot how how much of a difference it makes in your life yeah i mean i've gotten to the point where i just went this morning and um with my best friend and um yeah, I just close my eyes. I don't even like there's obviously there's times where I have to open them when I'm like standing or doing like a standing posture. But whenever I can close my eyes, I close my eyes and I like mm-hmm. literally feel what my body needs and I mm-hmm. push it, but not too much. You know what I mean? So I just I feel like I'd be good at it. I really do. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like I could do well. But then everyone's like, oh, you don't make enough money doing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but um, I did I mean, buy do it part time a couple times a week. Yeah. That's what I, I so I bought this like class and it was like online mm-hmm. so oh maybe i'm gonna try and do that mm-hmm. next year so yeah. um take a little step towards my goal mm-hmm. yeah oh, yeah yeah well hey i want to thank you for coming on the show is there anything we missed that you want to discuss no i hope i didn't bore you guys no, i'm sorry great it's awesome <laughs> i think i gave not, you everything all right yeah. hey i appreciate you coming thank you so much for making time for me it was You're last welcome. minute i was like dude i need someone for tuesday and you showed up so i appreciate you you're welcome thank you jess all right bye, bye.